podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Welcome to a Celtic State of Mind, I'm Paul John Dykes and today for a, a Saturday Bulletin, this is an extra with Colin Watt who's already laughing. Uh, Colin, how are you doing? Welcome back to the show. I'm doing good, it's uh, an interesting one to be here on a Saturday afternoon. Uh, I think I'll need to put some overtime budget and send it over to you, that's three, three days this week. I think uh, the over, overtime budget has been reached, reached and breached this season to be <laughs> fair, the amount of built-ins we've had to do. Um, but yes, I just looked at this weekend with no fixtures and thought it would still be good to have a bulletin. Um, let's have a general kind of overview of where Celtic are. We've spoken a lot, Colin, about the coaching setup, the whole structure of the football department, whether or not there's going to be a director of football and uh, who is going to be the manager of this side. We'll talk about that yep. near the end uh, of the, the actual bulletin, which will last about 45 minutes this morning, uh, Colin, as well. But really, it's to try and show the mag- the magnitude of this rebuild that uh, whoever whoever's going to be in charge of Celtic um, is going to have to face. And, and um, you know, let's have a look right through the squad and what quality do we still have? What are we going to be left with? Who are we going to retain in terms of loan deals? Are we going to bring any of our loanees back to the club? And we'll go position by position um, to see where we're going to be at the end of this. Let's start off with the goalkeepers. Now, when I look at the goalkeeper situation, I think back to maybe August last year when you and I did a a, a lockdown podcast. It was the first lockdown, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. And yep. we we're talking about the future of Craig Gordon at the club. 
Um, and you said, you know, at that time, uh, I've got to say now, you were right, keep Craig Gordon at Celtic, offer him a coach's position, uh, and whatever happens after this, even if we manage to get in Fraser Forster, at that time, uh, Gordon's experience would be pivotal for Celtic going for the 10th lead title in a row. We know it didn't happen. Was the failure to capture Forster the beginning of the end for Neil Lennon, the fact that he wasn't getting his first-choice players in, do you think, Colin? I think what the the kind of main issue was is we're going with something that was untested this year and you can see now that we went back to Scott Bain it's a case of tried and tested with him Um, Fraser Foster you knew what you were going to get off him Craig Gordon you knew what you were going to get off him Um, and bringing Barkas in as we say there's been a lot of players not just at Celtic but across all the leagues in Europe that have moved to a new team during this pandemic haven't been able to settle into their teams and you've not seen the best of them. Take a look at Chelsea are playing just now. Timo Werner, a fantastic striker, but he's just never been able to settle into that Chelsea side. Um, And you can name countless other players across Europe who are in that same scenario. So, um, yeah, I think we needed something that was tried and tested that we could rely upon this season. Mm. And for us, Barkas just hasn't been that. Well, of course, as you mentioned there, we bring in Barkas, who apparently was the second choice. Um, we had scouted him for a number of years, by yeah. all accounts. Uh, he came with uh, a fairly high pedigree, international for Greece. We had faced Barkas in Europe when he played with AEK Athens. Um, but, as you say, it's simply not worked. I think there's been a, a whole range of reasons. Um, and one of the big reasons that we spoke about previously on a podcast, Colin, was the fact that Barkas and Yeti didn't have the normal introduction to Celtic. But it's the same for any player, obviously, moving um, cross-country, if you like. There's the, it's the same for any player. They're going to move into an environment where they don't have the same off-the-field kind of camaraderie that they might have, uh, whereby they're integrating not only with their teammates but into the society that they've, they've moved into. They've not been able to integrate into Glasgow. We know that Ayeti has been, until recently, certainly um, staying in a hotel. So it's been very difficult for the new players coming in. So with all that, um, taking all that into consideration, Colin, does Barkas, this is one of the bigger questions really, does the £5 million, which is a record fee for a Celtic goalkeeper um, coming into the club, does he have a future? Because I, I posed the question during the week there, Colin, why don't we play players like Barkas and Ayeti between now and the end of the season yep. for the remaining league games and any Scottish Cup games that we participate in? And let's have a right good look at them and see if um, we are able to salvage anything from the £10 million investment. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, and I think I mentioned it when I was on the bulletin on Wednesday that I wouldn't be surprised to see Barkas start against Rangers in the next game. I think Kennedy's now looking to players that are going to be there next season to see what you can get out of them. Mm. Um, and if, as we go through the, the four goalkeepers that we do have, um, for me, I think this will be Bain's last season in the Celtic jersey. Right. Do you think he's been kind of un, um, unlucky as a Celtic goalkeeper? He's come in in a, in a real difficult period this season. I mean, we know that he played under Rodgers and he played under Lenny. He's now playing under Kennedy. Um, his Celtic career has been a bit stop-start, hasn't it? I mean, I think he's a good short stopper if I'm looking at his attributes, Colin, but I don't think he commands his area. Uh, and like all the goalkeepers we have, I, I think that he's you know he's one of these guys that if you're 1-1 up, if you're in a game and it's 1-1, um, and you know, he's been pounded at the back, I, I wouldn't be 100% confident that Bain would be strong enough, not only from his uh, goalkeeping position, but obviously to rally the, the defence as well. It's been difficult for all the goalkeepers. You don't think Scott Bain has a future for at Celtic? 
No, I don't think so. I mean, you've got to remember this is a guy that was brought in as a loan signing for the third choice. He was the third choice goalkeeper who eventually, through a number of reasons, was brought in to be the Celtic number one. Um, but there was absolutely no way that he was brought in to ever be a full-time Celtic number one. He was brought in as a stopgap. And now we find in the position that that's where he is. He is the number one just now. Um, again, if you're looking to strengthen the team, then that means that Bain isn't going to be the first choice. You want him to go back to being the third choice. So you wouldn't Hazard, uh, sorry, Barkas to be at least second choice if you're going to bring another goalkeeper in. You want him ideally to be the first choice because you've spent that amount of money on him. But if you're going to maybe try and bring someone else in, the two of them should be fighting for the jersey. And that would make Bain the third choice goalkeeper. Now you've just offered a new contract to Connor Hazard as well. Mm. I don't think we'll be going with four goalkeepers. And for that reason, Bain will want to continue to play football. He's been playing regular football now at Celtic for the last 18 months or so. I think his time will move on and he will probably move on to another club this summer. Right, so yeah, good point around Conor Hazard and of course we posed that question to John Kennedy uh, last week, was it? In in the press conference that we were uh, lucky enough to be invited to and he spoke about Hazard and the fact that he does rate him highly but uh, there are aspects of his game that he needs to improve on and a big part of that was the the mentality as well wasn't it to be able to yep. not switch off if you've made a mistake um, I think Conor Hazard next season will be the number three um, mm-hmm. I think the question around Barkas is, is the big one for me Colin the club will look at that investment five million and if they, de- if they decide to bring in a new goalkeeper and I think that will be on the shopping list then I think part of that will be that they will try and recoup some of the fee for Barkas I mean his stock's still going to be high in Greece one poor season in Scotland I don't think it's going to affect his stock over in his homeland we probably won't get five million quid back for him um, due to the fact that you know, uh, money's tight in football all across uh, the globe. But if you were able to get two and a half, three, and I know that's that's a big loss, but if you were able to get two and a half or three for Barkas, invest that in the new manager's first choice, don't you think that would be a better move? I don't know. I'm taking a look at it here. Now, obviously, we knew we were coming on here to discuss this, so I've took a look at the players' ages when their contracts are going to expire. Um, And if you take a look at Barkas, Barkas will be 27 at the end of this season um, with a contract expiry of 2024. So, obviously, it's a long-term deal he's tied down to at Celtic. Bain will be 29 at the end of this season, which is arguably when a goalkeeper starts to come into their prime. We've seen goalkeepers play on until they're 35, 36 and still be at the top of their game. Um, he'll be wanting to play a lot of football and I don't think Celtic will be able to guarantee Scott Bain that football because he was never brought in to be the number one you've heard that throughout the season from John Kennedy, from Neil Lennon um, that Barkas was brought in to be the number one goalkeeper now that's a, a big kind of slap in the face to your recruitment if you end up selling Barkas after a season for me the only reason Barkas would leave this summer is if he decides he wants to go I think Celtic will do everything they can to give him at least the pre-season coming up um, and then make their decision. I think if a new goalkeeper comes, if a new, when the new manager comes in, sorry, and they looks to bring in a new goalkeeper, I think Scott Bain will be the one that loses out um, just because of, one, it probably is his age at the club. You're looking at Hazard's only 23. He'll be the number three choice. You don't want to be a number three if you're 29 years old. Um, and also the investment that we spent on Barkas in the first place. Someone will try and get that back. Well, 
I think that's going to be an interesting one, Colin. It really will be an interesting position because at 29, for a goalkeeper, that's not really that old. I mean, he's, no. he's almost got 10 years on Craig Gordon, who we've just spoken about as well. Um, I don't think Bain ever signed for Celtic as a number one, so if he's still number two next season, you know, I don't think that would be um, a, a huge surprise to him. Uh, even though he's had some experience this season but we'll wait and see about Barkas I think of the two big money signings if you were to ask me and we'll get to the strikers between Barkas and Ayeti which one I would keep I would actually go for Ayeti and I'll explain that later on if I get a good enough offer I'll be taking it for Barkas uh, if I was the new mm-hmm. the new guy in charge Um Either way, whatever the permutation is going to be, I think out of the three, the one that's guaranteed to be here is actually Conor Hazard. Um, And the new manager will be looking for a new goalkeeper. So uh, there is a question mark around Barkas and Bain at the moment, I think, from the three three mentioned. Now, I've split the defence up into specific positions. It's not always easy because I know we do have a lot of players who can, um, you know, for example, Ayer, you could say is a backup right back even though he is now I think other than Kevin Graham uh, most people see him as a centre half so right backs at the moment what we've got is Tony Ralston uh, John Joe Kenny and I'm going to throw in Leo Connor as well because I want to look at the entire squad. Uh, I know he's out on loan. Um, he can play central defence or right back. International cap for Ireland already. He's been out on loan to Tranmere Rovers. Yep. Um, we've got John Joe Kenny in from Everton. I wouldn't call it an emergency loan deal, but we were down to one right back with Chris Iyer obviously being covered. And that one right back was Anthony Ralston. Uh, Ralston at his age, Colin, hasn't had enough first team football, certainly for Celtic. Even when he comes in and plays reasonably well, I don't think he's ever going to get the buy-in from the majority of the Celtic fans. He isn't the future. Um, He's not even, I don't think, the backup next season and the reason I say that is for the for the betterment of his own career he can't be sitting at Celtic calling and, and getting four or five games a season um, I know he's had a couple of loan deals out at St Johnston and Dundee United um, I think we just cut our losses on Anthony Ralston I'm pretty sure he'll get a, a club elsewhere rather than setting up another season long loan deal calling but then that really leaves us with Leo Connor as our only right back because I can't see us keeping Kenny either I mean that's a very short term deal uh, John Joe Kenny what's your thoughts on the right back as the number one audio company iHeartMedia gives you access to all every audience live conversations trusted influencers and the insights and data you need to grow iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. The three that we have, how many more do we need to bring in? I just want to bring up the on the, the goalkeepers. There is actually four goalkeepers at Celtic. Ross Duhan is the, the fourth goalkeeper and his contract's actually up next summer. I actually think he will move on in the summer as well. So um, the, our fourth choice goalkeeper will probably move on as well. Looking at the right-back situation, you've got John Joe Kenny, only 24 years old, potentially available for £5 million. I think that would be a fantastic buy if it was something that Celtic could afford and could um, bring in as part of this rebuild. I think his performances since he's came in have been very impressive. Um, They remind you a lot more of a a Mikael Lustig-type right-back as opposed to Jeremy Frimpong. Um, And he can certainly get up and down that line very well. Anthony Ralston, 22 years old at the end of this season and he only have 12 months left on his deal. I think for me that's probably the time that Celtic um, part with Anthony Ralston. He's had umpteen loan deals uh, before. 
I think he was actually scheduled to go out on loan this season if we were able to bring another right back in, uh, but that fell through. He's very highly rated at both Dundee United and St Johnston, and I think that's probably his level. Um, I think he'll move on. He'll probably be released on a free. If not, it'll be a small deal, um, and he'll go to probably another Premiership side. Ayer, as you say, I'm not. I, I don't want him to be the right back if he's going to stay, and we'll probably go on and discuss whether he will stay later on. But that, for me, on my kind of shopping list, as you mentioned, I've got two right backs in there. Um, I think it's a position we really do need to strengthen in the summer. So you're actually going out and getting two right backs. I mean, I, I, I would maybe, uh, I don't disagree with that. I'd maybe think, you know, you've got Leo Connor coming back from his loan. Um, he was always a project signing. I remember speaking mm-hmm. to someone at Celtic when we brought in O'Connor and the aforementioned Jeremy Frimpong calling. Uh, at that stage, he wasn't sure which one would break into the Celtic team. You know, they were on a level. That, that was the discussion yeah. at that time. Uh, obviously, the person who broke in was Frimpong. Lennon was a massive fan of Frimpong, gave him a lot of games, and obviously he progressed and moved on. Uh, yeah. Do you think O'Connor would be uh, classed as a backup to, uh, for example, you mentioned Kenny there. I mean, I think he's been steady. I don't think he would be a fantastic signing, Colin. And, and at that price, I'm not sure we'd be investing that kind of money in a right-back at this stage. I mean, £5 million is what it's almost the going rate nowadays when you look at the kind of quality of that player. I mean, Kenny, obviously, an international with Ireland. I know we'll go into the international debate when we get to the likes of Shane Duffy at centre-half position and what you get for that kind of money. Um, but no, I honestly think at 20... Apparently, according to Roy Keane, Colin, if you can trap a ball, you play for your country. Well, I mean, they've got Matt <laughs> Doherty right back at the minute there and uh, he gave him a slagging, so we know what Roy Keane thinks of him. Um, but no, I, I think Kenny would be... A good player for us, and I think it's a good investment. Would you get more back off that going forward? Not a hundred percent sure, but you'd maybe be someone that you get five, six seasons out of. And I think at five million pounds, that's an investment worth making. Looking at Leo Connor now, obviously he's been at Tranmere. There was an interesting um, analysis of Leo Connor. Leo Connor's been moved into central midfield for Tranmere this season, and he's also played centre half. He's been out of his traditional sort of right-back position and he is a very versatile player. He is someone that can play almost in every position across that back line. Um, But he seems to have moved into this sort of central midfield position with Tranmere. Now, when you've got a lone player that's changing position, you ask, is that the parent club, as in Celtic, that have asked Tranmere to take a look into this? Or is this something that Tranmere's done off their back? Because if you're wanting to get Leo Connor to come back in and be available for Celtic next season you'll have an idea of where you want him to play. And if you want him to play right back and Tranmere's playing him centre mid and it's a deliberate move to move him into centre mid, is that something you want because you own that player, you're loaning him out? I don't know. Maybe that's something that's going on behind the scenes with Celtic and Tranmere to suggest he won't be playing right back next season. Well, I can tell you if they, if they reckon he's going to get a, t- a game in the Celtic side in midfield, when we get to the midfielders and the, the wealthy talent in there, I mean, he's going to be struggling. Let's be honest, Colin. Mm. There's, there's far more chance of him getting a, a shout at right back when you look at the, the dearth of talent we've got there. We've got John Joe Kenny in temporarily. We've got Tony Ralston and, of course, Leo Connor himself. So if he wants to have a future at Celtic, any Kenny future, it would probably be as a right back, I would suggest. 
Yeah, and taking a look at it across the whole right backs, I can see Ralston moving on. A corner will definitely come back in the summer, um, and I think he'll definitely get the preseason to show what he can do. Kenny will probably go back to Everton, and then it might be a, a long summer saga as to whether we'll see him back in the hoops next season. Yeah, it was interesting you were saying you see him more as a, a Lustig than a than a Frimpong. Mm-hmm. I, I would agree to, to a degree on that one because, you know, Frimpong was all about um, taking men on, wasn't he? I mean, that, yeah. that's what, that was his game. Um, although I was quite impressed for one half um, against London United with regards to uh, John Joe Kenny's offensive play. I thought he was getting a lot of joy down the right-hand side. Uh, but unfortunately, that seemed to have dried up in the second half, Colin. But um, I just think at that point, price and on his wages it might not be where we're going to be investing um, but again you know sometimes it's better to go with the, the player that has experience of the club it wouldn't surprise me Colin if we tried to get him back in on loan for an entire season that yeah, wouldn't that, surprise me yeah I'd be I'd be happy with that as well um, that we move on to the left back situation um, and we've spoken again about how difficult we've found it to to bring in a replacement um, or anyone to, to wear the jersey since Kieran Tierney left we've brought in um, Diego Laxalt Volleyball and Golly and Greg Taylor um, all currently at the club um, although Ball and Golly I doubt would be uh, recalled for action. If he's ever recalled, it'll just be for training until we get another loan deal or a, a permanent transfer, I would suggest. Yeah, and I think he's also out injured at the moment. Did he not have a serious leg injury um, whilst playing for Istanbul? So um, I'm not even sure he'll play any more games this season at all. I know. I, I remember, was it on his Instagram? I think he had a, a wee picture of himself in the host, hospital bed, and the Celtic fans were really, you know, sympathetic towards him. But um, I don't think he has a future at Celtic. Uh, Greg Taylor, at this moment in time, obviously he's injured. He had got that, uh, I'm going to call it a number, th- uh, a number three jersey. It never is a number three jersey, it's a number three shorts. He had got that position and, and, and he got a, a run of games there that he needed, Colin. Mm-hmm. And he was the first choice left back, and then disaster strikes, and he's in. Have you been impressed with Alex Salt since he come back in? Not overly, if I'm honest. Um, I liked the balance that was given from having um, Taylor on the left and Kenny on the right. I thought they were very similar players. Um, when you take a look at what Celtic's biggest deficiencies have been this season, it's definitely been at the back. Um, and when you look at the likes of maybe Frimpong and Laxalt, they were more offensive-minded players, whereas Taylor and Kenny offered you that sort of solidity in defence, um, and having that balance on both sides was very good. I think Greg Taylor's a very consistent performer, and it, as you say, I think at times he was almost making himself one of the first names on the team sheet um, with his performances this season. Diego Laxalt was... He, he, he kind of came in and was almost like a breath of fresh air we were always screaming out that we needed a left back and we needed someone that could actually create things going forward and in his first couple of games he was outstanding but then it was almost as if he reduced to the level of everyone else that he was playing with mm. so was it just that um, the rest of the team was actually making him look good or was he actually really playing well at the start of the season and I'm sure everyone will have their own opinion on that I just don't think for the money that you're going to have to play, pay for someone like Laxalt, it's something that Celtic will look to spend. I'm sure there's other options out there um, for the club, but I think Laxalt, I mean, he's kind of flattered to deceive for most of his time on loan here at Celtic. 
Yeah, already uh, from the goalkeepers to the right back to the left back, we're looking at potentially up to five new signings, Colin. Um, mm-hmm. It's three to five new signings already, and that's just the first three positions. We're going to move into the centre halves. Um, let's have a, a run through of who we currently have at the club Chris Julien, Shane Duffy, Nir Beaton. As I said before, I, I regard them as a centre-half these days. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris Ayer, Stephen Welsh, and a player who we have out on loan, who has been discussed quite a few times on Axom, Jack Hendry. So from the six that we've got there, I would put my mortgage on Shane Duffy going back to Brighton for a kick-off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it's simply not, not worked for him. We've spoken at length uh, around what's happened since he's came to the club. Near Beaton. Now, I know that you previously were a massive fan of Nier Beaton, Colin. Um, like his countryman, El Hamid, is Nier Beaton's Celtic career over? I would say so, yeah. I think he will probably make the move at the end of the... Uh, in the summer, sorry, at the end of the season. Um, again, though, maybe having a, a new manager in, he'll maybe want someone that's had the experience of being at the club to help him out. Um, he might not move right away, but I think over the first season of the new manager's reign, I can see um, someone like Nier Beaton moving on. Someone that wasn't on your list that I think might come into contention as a youth player for next season is Leo Helge. Um, probably pronounced that terribly, who's on loan at Ross County at the minute, getting some first-team football. Uh, Yogi took him up there. Um, only 19 Signed as a 16-year-old um, from Rosenberg and still has another uh, 12 months left on his deal, at least when he comes back. I think there's an option for Celtic to get another 12 months out of that. Someone that's playing regular football in the, the Scottish Premiership, if you can bring him back into the Celtic fold, that's exactly what we're crying out for for these players. You wanted guys like Stephen Welsh, who was on loan at Morton, to actually play in the league above so that when you have to bring them in to play the likes of a St Mirren, a Hamilton in a Ross County, it's something that they're not kind of, it's something they've got experience about, it's not a big jump for them, um, so we should be loaning players out to teams like Ross County um, and I'm excited to see what uh, Helge can do going forward 17 years of age uh, Norwegian, obviously the big question mark will be around our fellow Norwegian and Chris Ayer, uh, unfortunately he's the one player out of the those noted that may be on their way Colin that I would love to keep and I actually think yeah. looking through the squad in this way, it actually shows you that we need to, I mean Chris, Chris Julien for example, he's out until October right? so he's injured yep. till, till October Duffy's going to leave, we reckon near Beaton's time will come to an end um, Chris Ayer is reportedly on his way this summer, which would leave us with Stephen Welsh. And as I said, you, I mean, you've thrown in a 17-year-old who's getting some game time under John Hughes. Yep. The other, the only other player we've got is Jack Welsh. Uh, Jack Hendry. Jack yep. Wel- who's Jack Welsh? Who knows? Jack Hendry. Yeah, possibly. Who has obviously gone over to Belgium and he's found a bit of form. They're talking about a £2 million release clause. Um, I don't think we're in a situation at the moment to turn our nose up. And now, again, um, there's going to be fans screaming at, at this suggestion that we bring back Jack Kendry. But at this moment in time, we've only got Chris Julian, Chris Ayer, um, Stephen Welsh and Jack Kendry. Uh, to call upon yeah. I mean I'm not discarding Hield I think that what happens with players like that though Colin is um, you know maybe for another season or so a, a loan deal a long term loan deal would benefit a player like him and then bring him back to the fold maybe with all that experience 30 40 games under his belt um, let, let's have a look then what do you think centre half wise 
we're going to lose Chris Ayer, aren't we? There's a question mark around near Beaton. How many centre-halves do we bring in? Because at the moment, it's looking like we need two at least. I think if Ayer does go, you need three. Um, and if he stays, you need two. I've always said you need four centre-halves, and I said this at the start of, of this season. Uh, I said it in the January transfer window, and I'll keep saying it until we actually get it. We need four centre-halves at the club. Stephen Welsh. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. I'm, I'm happy enough to be in as the sort of fourth choice centre-back. Um, fourth choice? Is that not a bit harsh? Well, you're looking to sign probably a better standard of player what I've seen from Welsh is there's a lot of mistakes in him um, he does win quite a lot in the air and I know that Celtic fans have really taken to him this season but I mean there was times against Aberdeen where you see the ball kind of running through his legs and you see um, him kind of getting out muscled by strikers and he, do you know what he's going to develop that more as he gets more game time at Celtic um, but at the minute for next season I wouldn't want him getting in as maybe second or third choice centre half I want him to come in, in the same way that you throw near Beaton in at centre-half now. I want him to be there that if someone picks up an injury, then you can call on Welsh. I don't mm. want him to be like, he's pushing for a start. He'll get there, but I still think he's got a lot of development to do in that sense. Um, as we just mentioned, Julian's going to be out until October. Could be even longer. We don't really know what's happening there. Ayer, someone I'd love to keep at the club. Mm. Um it's, he only has 12 months left on his deal after this summer, so um, I think Celtic will probably look to cash in on him in the summer. Um, if you could get him to sign a new contract, that would be an amazing bit of business this summer. It would almost be, as they say, one of the famous cliches, like a new signing. Um, I've seen that put a smile on your face there, Paul. Uh, but yeah, Welsh is probably the only one. Jack Henry, again... I think he'll probably move on. The, I know his team that he's at, is it Usten, Ustend? Probably pronounced that wrong. Um, they've got an option to buy him for £1.75 I believe it is, in the summer. Mm. He's done really well over there. He's made the team of the week several times. Really impressive. Been linked with moves down south as well. If that Belgian side's got anything about them, if those bids are real, they'll sign him for £1.75 and sell him on for whatever the bids come in from for England. Uh, Jack and Bauer, I think we rena- renamed him because the scouting reports coming at Celtic were that he was playing like Beckenbauer. Um, right, so if you lose Henry, uh, potentially Ayer, near Beton coming to that stage of his career, and Duffy, that leaves us with Chris Julien and Stephen Wells. So you reckon uh, we bring in another two if Ayer stays or three if he goes? It just shows you the, the extent of yeah. this rebuild, Colin. It really does. Absolutely. Um, absolutely yeah. I'm, I'm at the stage now of. I'm, I'm trying to, before we get to the centre mids, let's have a look at what we've got on the right-hand side. Uh, we've got James Forrest. It mm-hmm. was great to see him back. I know that it's going to take a while for him to regain the fitness and the sharpness. Of course it is. Um, we've got Marianne Sved out on loan at Mechelen. Uh, didn't start off that well, but he seems to have found a bit of form. And as you've already pointed out before, Mikey Johnson can play on the right. You know, yeah. we, we we do see him on, as a kind of left-sided player, but he can also play on the right, and he's been deployed in the right, uh, even as far back as Brendan Rodgers' time. Mm-hmm. So we do have that. And then I'm going to throw in a name here because, you know, I have seen him playing, um, but even looking at, at his Bolton kind of career, it's, it's a bit ambiguous regarding his specific position. Luca Connell. I mean, is he a midfielder? Is he a right-sided midfielder? Where exactly does Luca Connell play? 
Luke O'Connell plays central midfield, defensive central midfield, potentially has played left back for Bolton before. I wouldn't see him on the right hand side anywhere. So you're you're really left with the kind of three options there of Forrest, Sved and Johnston. Mm. Um probably another name that you could throw in that could play out there as well is Ryan Christie too. Um but then will he still be here when we start next season? Do you even do you even put in the list Dembele? Because no, I think we're all resigned to the fact that he's going to be going. Yeah. He's gone. Uh, I mean, when I looked at the youth players, Karamoko's gone. Armstrong will go flex. His contract's up in the summer. He'll be going as well. Um, the only one that I would be interested in seeing coming back that we've maybe not quite seen round about the squad yet that potentially could have a future is Barry Coffey. Um, he's out on loan at Cliftonville at the minute. I'd be interested to see what he could do in the summer. So right-sided players... Colin, we were kind of calling out for uh, backup this season. Do you still think we need to bring in a right-sided player? Yeah, definitely. definitely. So another, another yeah. one. Um, and on the left, again, it's not as though we have a wealthy talent on the left-hand side at the moment. You're looking at Mikey Johnson. Uh, we've seen other players uh, deployed out there, like El Yunusi, who's only in on loan. I mean, who else? Who else can can play wide left for us? That that was a struggle when I was looking at it as well. Again, Christie's someone that's played on both of those sides. We'll take a look at him. Probably most people see him as a central kind of attacking midfielder. Mm. Um, I've seen suggestions of trying to play Turnbull out there. I think that you take away his creativity if you do that. Callum McGregor's done it before, um, but yeah, you're kind of you're very limited out there. Um, and if you take Elanusi away as well, then. Who do you have there? I think that's a position you probably need to bring at least one, if not two players in there, a permanent and potentially a loan deal to back that up. Yeah, and I don't think we're going to get another loan deal on El Yunusi. So would you, we've already spoken about John Joe Kenny, there's a player you're familiar with, we're far more familiar with El Yunusi. Would you make the deal permanent or is it time for a change there? I mean, he's inconsistent. He's not scored for, I think, uh, he scored plenty of goals, but he's not scored for ages. Um, he's scored one goal since, you know, last year. And he is inconsistent. And we've seen the best and the worst of El Yunusi. And I don't know if I would be investing £5 million and bringing him in permanently. I think if the money's right, it's definitely an investment Celtic should look to make with El Yunusi. Um Even just watching that game against Dundee United the other day, you've seen the work rate he was putting in there. He was really, really trying. It was just one of those days where Celtic could still be playing right now and not have scored um, the amount of chances we had. And Seagrest was, was doing well in goal. A lot of the shots were straight at him, but you've seen even what can happen to a Celtic goalkeeper this season when a shot's straight at him. Um, of the four loan deals... I think Elinus is one that we could potentially see next season. I don't think he's got a career at Southampton. I also think Southampton do have the potential to go down from the English Premier League this season. Mm. If that's the case, they'll probably have to clear out a lot of the players in there and Elinus could come at a price that's maybe more affordable to Celtic's budget. Good point. Uh, excellent point. Well made. Uh, what do you think of uh, the rumours of another English club? Uh, just while we're here, actually, Sheffield United parting ways with their manager instantly. Um, he is the, the favourite to come to Celtic. It just shows you how fickle these things are, isn't it? Well, the thing that surprises me about the Chris Wilder thing is um, when we've mentioned the name Eddie Howe, a lot of people say, oh, he's got no European experience. He's, he's won nothing. And then suddenly Chris Wilder becomes available and there's so many people throwing his name into the hat. It just seems to be the case when any manager loses their job at the minute, knowing that the Celtic job's available, it's like, oh, we'll, we'll link him with a Celtic job. Um, I, I don't think he's he's probably the kind of manager we're looking to bring in this summer. 
Um, he's also the same manager that thought it was good money to spend twenty million pounds on Ollie McBurney, and almost the same on Ollie Buck. So, if that's his transfer record, I think I'd rather keep him away from Celtic. Um, but rumours, if you believe them, that Neil Lennon will be the new Sheffield United manager. I don't know why, um, but I think Sheffield United have got the, the wrong side of the deal. If that's the case, I was interested, surprised uh, that. Neil Lennon was, was linked to that particular job. Um, I mean, going back to Ollie Burke, I'm delighted you brought him up. Uh, born in Kirkcaldy, fellow Fifer. Um, I threw out the, the question. I wasn't making it as a statement. I asked the question. In terms of accumulated transfer fees, isn't Ollie Burke the most expensive footballer in the history of football? Probably in the history of Scottish football. That's what I mean. It's, well, Scottish yeah. football, obviously. Um, well, doesn't it? <laughs> the, the, the most expensive <laughs> Scottish footballer in history. Yeah. Um, tell me someone who's had an accumulative uh, transfer fee that beats Ollie Burke. That's how in, in, interesting that that is, that people would spend £15 million several times on, on the player. But yeah, I agree with you. No, I'm not interested in Chris Wilder coming to Celtic. It takes us to centre midfield. We've got loads and loads of central midfielders. You've now thrown uh, Luca Connell in there as well for me. Mm-hmm. But uh, Scott Brown, obviously there are rumours flying, quite strong rumours uh, in relation to Brown teaming up with Stephen Glass at Aberdeen mm-hmm. in a, a player stroke assistant manager role. We've got Ismaila Soro who obviously came in and was very effective this season. I think he is the future in that position. David Turnbull, uh, for me again, big, massive, bright spot this season. Ryan Christie, I know that um, you have a love-hate relationship with Ryan Christie. I'm a big fan of Christie, but I do think he will move on this summer. Mm -hmm. Uh, Tom Rogic, another player who I think is on his way out this summer. I would suggest that, you know, tell me if I'm wrong. Uh, Callum McGregor, You've also got players like Ewan Henderson, Scott Robertson, who's out on loan again. Um, Olivia and Cham, who's out on loan, and there's no guarantee that's going to turn into a permanent deal, Colin. Um, The only other name I've seen uh, actually on the squad lists was Manny Pires, but I think that's probably going to go the same way as Andrew Gutman in terms of... Yeah, he's gone. He's on his way. Yeah, he's gone. As is the youngster Cameron Harper that played against Hibs that night he's gone New York Red Bulls so we've got loads of midfield players but um, let's have a look at who's going to stay and who's going to go first of all Scott Brown I think he'll go you think? Um, you think Aberdeen? I think if that opportunity comes up and I know Stephen Glass is very highly rated I actually uh, work alongside someone who's a big Atlanta United fan um, and when he was in In, in Greenock no, no, no. Is he no. part of the Greenock Supporters Club? No, it's a, it's a global role here, Paul. It's a, a bit of global work. Um, but no, when Stephen Glass was taking over, um, I'm trying to remember who it was. It was a, it was one of the De Boers, I believe, he took over from Atlanta right. United. Um, <laughs> and he managed to guide them into a fairly decent position, um, considering the shambles that they were left in. Now, if Stephen Glass takes over at Aberdeen, we know there's a connection there between Aberdeen and Atlanta United. I believe there's the one of the biggest investors in Aberdeen actually is also an investor in Atlanta United. They're, they're partner clubs. And one of Aberdeen's biggest signings over the last few years, Ronald Hernandez, um, is actually out on loan there at the minute, a Venezuelan international. Mm. Um, that's one of those 
answers you're going to get at a quiz in the next 10 years. One of the last Venezuelan internationals to play in Scottish football. So remember and write that down. Um, but no, if that opportunity comes up, it's a chance for Scott Brown to extend his playing career. Maybe playing more regularly at Aberdeen than what he would be at Celtic next season. I know he's looking at his coaching badges. He was involved in the reserve team a couple of years ago. Yeah. I think it's a good opportunity for him. Um, and if it does come up, I could see him moving on. If he stays at Celtic, I think it will be in a sort of Tom Boyd, Paul Lambert kind of role where he's the captain, but he's not the playing captain. He's the captain of the squad behind the scenes. Um, and you turn to him for maybe cup games or for kind of, if you're playing two games in a week and one of them's against like a St Mirren or a Hamilton, then you yeah. turn to a Scott Brown. I've got concerns about letting Scott Brown go, I've got to say. Um, oh. And I think it's when we're going through the squad calling, the amount of players that are going to be leaving, I think there are real uh, like kind of cornerstones of this team that you need to keep. I wouldn't expect him to start 30, 40 games next season. No. He's no. probably going to start 15 to 20 games. But as you say, that influence on the training part, that influence in the dressing room, I think that's vital for a club mm-hmm. like Celtic. Certainly for a club that is in transition. You need to have the players, you know? Well, when you take a look at it, Scott Brown will be 36 at the start of next season. Mm. If you keep the squad exactly as it is right now, then the only other players that will be in their 30s is Lee Griffiths. Scott Bain will be 29. Mm. So it just shows that we do have quite a young squad there. Yeah. And having that experienced figure wouldn't necessarily be a bad thing behind the scenes. But I think if um, Brown wants to maybe play on till he's 37, 38, and he sees the opportunity to get into the coaching side of things, that opportunity at Aberdeen would be one that I think he'd seriously consider. And it's mental to think that only a couple of years ago, we were saying that Scott Brown could be playing out the rest of his career in Australia. Just wonder where that would have ended up. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, Ollie and Cham obviously has been, I'm not going to say found out, but um, there have obviously been French reports suggesting that Marseille will not make that move permanent, even though they have the option to. He'll be back at Celtic, but I still think we'll find a move for Encham. Yeah. Chris Christie obviously wants to, I say obviously, it's suggested that Christie wants to go. I don't think we're going to see the Tom Rogic of old calling on a consistent no. basis. And if we can get a good enough offer for Tom Rogic, he'll be gone. As you say, Manny Perez, players like that, that kind of project signing, we're beyond that at the moment. Um, Ewan Henderson, Scott Robertson, what's your thoughts on that? Will they benefit from further loan deals next season? Well, if you take a look at it, Henderson's only got 12 months left on his deal come the summer. Um, he's only 21 years old, but I think he is someone that will probably move on. I think he'll take a look at the career that his brother Liam's had and say that he could maybe do something similar. Uh, I think he will be one that if he isn't going to be guaranteed playing time next season, he'll definitely move on. Scott Robertson um, had a he's had a great loan spell down at Doncaster for the second half of this season. Um, I think he'll be one that's very highly rated amongst the coaches at Celtic and one that will be given the chance to show what he can do um, in the summer. Uh, the only other one that maybe comes up into that consideration is Kerr McEnroy. Now, his contract's up, like, actually up this summer and he's been playing very well for Dunfermline. Yeah. I don't know if it's maybe worth giving him another 12 months just to see what he could maybe break into the side under a new manager. Mm. Um, but if not, he's going to be a great pick-up for maybe a, a Premiership side this summer. The Madonfermline uh, compatriots through in Fife are raving about McEnroy, absolutely raving about him. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're looking at players maybe like 
McEnroy and Robertson stay in they're going to be backup players they're potentially going to be loaned out again if we do keep um, players like that Rodgick's on his way Christie potentially on his way in your eyes that would leave us with uh, Ismaila Soro David Turnbull and Callum McGregor plus a couple of young guys um, because you're, yeah. you're thinking Brown might be on his way so how many central midfielders then do we need to strengthen the squad with Colin? Well, taking a look at it, I reckon we'll still have Sorrow, Connell, McGregor, Turnbull um, and Robertson, potentially even McEnroy. Um, I think if you look at it, it'll depend on the formation that we look to play next season. Um, if you're going with a, a 3-5-2, I mm. think you probably need one, maybe two additional centre midfielders. If you're going for the 4-2-3-1, um, I think you're almost set up for that position. I'd be looking for a number 10 in that case. Um Someone I'd love to see his pick up, and I believe he's actually available right now to sign a, a pre-contract, is Alan Campbell at Motherwell. I mm. think the guy's got a really big future ahead of him. He's obviously played alongside Turnbull before, um, and I think he could be the next Scott Brown in that position. He, he plays the sort of box-to-box the way that Brown did in his younger years, and I think as he develops, he'll drop deeper and deeper into the pitch, and he offers a lot. If he had the choice between him and Ferguson, for me, it would be Alan Campbell. Would it? Interesting. Um, one player I disagree with you on is Luke O'Connell, Colin. Um, I think that if he was ever going to get a sniff at this Celtic side, it would have happened post-Dubai when we were down to the bare bones of the team. Um, yeah. And he didn't. I mean, the biggest surprise for me was young the, Cameron Harper. You know, he came in from absolutely nowhere, played yeah. a game. If, if Connell was anywhere near first team level, he'd have got a game uh, against Hibs um, or against Livingston uh, for, for one or both of those two games. I don't think he's going to beat a club next season well I'm, I'm, he only turns I think he's 20 when the season starts next year his contract runs till 2023 and I think the unfortunate thing for Luke O'Connell was the players that were available to play centre midfield um, in those games he was on the bench he was an option there mm. but he still had uh, McGregor he still had Turnbull there were still players that could play in those positions um, and he was just unfortunate I mean if he was a striker he would have been guaranteed the game the way that it ended up um, against Hibs and against Livingston so he just seems to have this kind of rotten bit of luck but he is only 20 he's still younger than Henderson he's still younger than um, Sorrow I think there's still probably a future there I think he gets a fresh chance with a new manager coming in um, and if the coaches I mean every coach that you've heard speak about him has ranted and raved about him so there has to be a player there we shall see um, Strikers Now at the moment We have Eduard I'm just taking it as read That Eduard will be on his way From Celtic I mean I, I'm not taking it uh, For for granted as such But I would be Massively surprised If Eduard was in a Celtic jersey Next season uh, We've got Lee Griffiths Ayeti Clamala And we've also got Bayo uh, I'll give you my take On the striker situation We, we lose uh, Eduard Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's time for Edward to go and, and hopefully we're able to get the, the, the right money for him um, then I, I put Clamalla and Bio in the same kind of category even though Bio's out on loan at the moment I think we've seen enough from both of these players um, to suggest that they're not the answer for Celtic going forward Colin mm-hmm. um, so probably it may be difficult to, to get them out permanently uh, so I would expect both of those players to go out and loan next season. And that leaves us with Griffiths and, and Ayeti. I've seen a lot of comments on the Griffiths situation saying that his Celtic career is over. He's had uh, chance after chance with numerous different managers. I am in a completely different boat there. I think that very much like Scott Brown, 
there are certain people in that squad that I would not leave, uh, allow to leave Celtic and it's due, due to the fact that you need to have that transition period uh, whereby there's a familiarity in the squad so I think Griffiths, Forrest, McGregor and Brown gives you that I think they're the players that give you that I, I reckon that we go into next season with a Yeti and Griffiths and we would be looking to buy one possibly another two strikers so taking a look at the attacking options, obviously Edward, Ayeti, Kamala, Griffiths and Bayo. Um, there's also guys like, coming through the reserves like Jonathan Afalabi, who's out on loan at Dundee at the minute. But I don't think he's done anything to suggest that he'll be able to make that step up into the first team. So that kind of leaves you the five strikers. Edward, I agree with you. I think he'll be moving on in the summer. Um, and I think Celtic will use this opportunity to get whatever they can for him um, because I don't think he'll sign a new deal. Klamala, I could see leaving on loan, but if he does go on loan, I want him to stay in Scotland. I want him to go to a Hibs or an Aberdeen or something like that, um, because I think that will tell you whether he is good enough to play Scottish football, whether he can come back and give Celtic something. Um, and Griffiths, I'm, I'm really on the fence about Lee Griffiths. I don't know whether he's had too many opportunities at Celtic, whether he needs a fresh start somewhere else whether he'll get that under a new manager or as you say, whether it's worth keeping him in like we did when Strachan took over from Martin O'Neill and he kept John Hartson on for a season just to kind of break through that transition. Mm. Can you rely on Lee Griffiths to give you 30, 35 games a season next year? That'll be the big deciding factor in whether he stays or not. The thing with Lee Griffiths is, um, you know, if he gets those games against your domestic opposition, Colin, you and I both know he's going to score goals. He's yeah. going to score goals. Uh, he's not 33, 34. He's not at that stage of his career. He's probably lost 18 months to two seasons um, of his career in the last four or five years, mm-hmm. uh, which a lot of people think, well, you know, it could work two ways, can't it? It could extend your career or the rot sets in. You lose that fitness, you never regain the sharpness. So yep. I think next season is going to be massive for Griffiths. He's only got one year left in his contract, yeah. doesn't he? Yeah. yeah, he's only got 12 months, yep. So I'm looking at that situation. We've, we've gone over and over the managerial situation, and I'm, I'm sure we'll speak about it Colin on a Celtic state of mind. Between the two of us, uh, we are looking at 10 to 14 players coming in yeah, across got, the squad. Yeah, I've got 13 then. I've got at least one goalkeeper, two or three centre-halves, a left-back, two right-backs, a right-mid, a centre-mid, two left-mids and two forwards. That's some shopping list. That's some shopping list. And you're looking at players who, and I'm going to say players who we could command a fee for, right? Uh, So obviously I'm including players like Jack Hendry in this. We've We've got about seven players, so Jack Hendry, Eduard and Cham, Christy, Ayer, Barkas... Should he go? Tom Rogic, you know. So these are players that you might get anything between a couple of million quids in Jack Henry's case up to maybe the big signings of Eduard and Ayer. I'm not going to put figures on it because, you know, the way that the financial um, landscape looks in world football at the moment, Colin, there's going to be some surprises um, in that respect. We already have the £11.5 million, pounds, albeit uh, we don't have the full £11.5 million. Pounds. It's a lot less than that for, for Frimpong. This is a huge the, the 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 level of rebuild is incredible this summer for Celtic, and I think that just yeah, and it feeds into the fact that we we really need to act quickly on getting the manager in place now, Colin. 
Yeah, I'd say so. I mean, you've got this kind of break. I know there's some international games and there's some Scottish Cup games, but I think it's almost three to four weeks between the, the game against Rangers next week and the next game, the first game after the split. This is the ideal time. Go out there, identify, if you've not already done so, who you want in, negotiate that contract. And if they're not going to be here between now and the rest of the season, if they, they're only going to be watching from afar, at least they can start to make their plans on who they want to bring in. If they want to give Kennedy the last five games, but know that they're coming in and know that they can start making moves on transfers, I'm okay with that. If they also want to come in and coach the last five games of the season to see what they can get out of the players that's already there, that's okay with me as well. But I'd rather we've done it now instead of waiting till the summer and then this goes on and on and on. Get the man in and get him in now. Well, Colin, it's... uh... It's going to be an interesting few months uh, in the world of a Celtic state of mind. We will cover every single move, every step of the way. That's why there was an extra bulletin today on a Saturday afternoon, even though there's no games getting played this weekend from Celtic's perspective. Uh, Thanks, everybody, for getting involved uh, today. It is a shorter bulletin, therefore we can't go through some of your thoughts on things like Colin's um, insistence that Connell's going to be part of the team next season (laughs) and whether or not you agree with that. Um, But he has admitted that it's time for Nier Beaton to go. So thanks for joining us on YouTube facebook and on twitter if you are watching on youtube get involved by subscribing to the page we're putting out content every single day uh, be that celtic content and some other subjects because we're covering uh, true crime we're covering music and various other subjects as well maybe a wee bit of politics thrown in um, and aspects of football culture as well colin i will uh, see you again on wednesday colin because you'll be back for the football insomniac remind me on saint patrick's day who your guest is so my guest on Wednesday is Irish journalist Rachel Lynch, someone who, if you've been following Celtic on Twitter, you'll have seen her name pop up several times before. I'm delighted to have her on the show joining me on St Patrick's Day for a bit of an Irish theme. I look forward to that, Colin. And all that's left for me to say is, Colin, what? thank you again for joining me on A Celtic State of Mind, sir. Take care, guys. Got hair loss? I know what you're thinking. Should I shave my head, comb it over, wear a hat? Just stop. This is in 1970. Keep your hair and your confidence because Bosley, America's number one hair restoration experts, can give you your real hair back permanently. Check them out today because they're giving away an absolutely free information kit and a free gift card to anyone that texts EASY to 203203. Dude, you don't have to look like your dad, because this isn't your dad's hair loss treatment. 
People all over the country trust Bosley because they're ahead of the curve. They use the latest technology to give you your real hair back. And the best part? Bosley's permanent solution is protected by the Bosley Guarantee. Let Bosley show you for free how awesome your hair could look with an absolutely free information kit and a gift card for $250 off. Text EASY to 203203. That's E-A-S-Y to 203203. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all every audience live conversations trusted influencers and the insights and data you need to grow iHeartMedia is your access company go to iHeartResults.com for more sports social podcast network sports social podcast network sports social podcast network at Discount Tire, we know your time is valuable. Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online. Did you know Discount Tire now sells wiper blades? Check out our current deals at DiscountTire.com or stop in and talk to an associate today. Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network.